You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. Hey, Ankeny community, thanks for joining me today. I'm Dr. Eric Pruitt, superintendent of Ankeny Schools. Let's talk about Ankeny's history. With me today is Mr. Denny Presnall. Denny is a longtime Ankeny resident and former Ankeny school board member. Denny graduated from the University of Northern Iowa with a degree in business education and taught high school for seven years. After his years uh, teaching, Denny had a 36-year career with Iowa Farm Bureau, where he served as the executive director and senior vice president. Denny served on the Ankeny Community School Board uh, School Board of Education for 15 years and the Iowa High School Athletic Association Board representing school boards of Iowa. He currently serves on the DMAC board, is a director on the Lincoln, Lincoln Savings, Savings Bank board, and chairs the Coaches versus Cancer board. He and his wife have three sons who all graduate from Ankeny schools, as well as seven grandchildren. Welcome, Denny. Well, great to be here, Dr. Pruitt. <laughs> Glad that you're here with us. And so what's interesting is some people may not know that Ankeny started as a railroad and farming community uh, named after John Fletcher Ankeny. Um, in the first recorded census there uh, were 440, uh, 445 people um, that has now grown to a population of over 67,000 people here in Ankeny. So, Denny, can you tell our listeners uh, what brought you to Ankeny and what's kept you here all these years? Uh, That's interesting because we had an opportunity, obviously, when we moved here, we could pick any town around Des Moines because I worked at uh, the office in West Des Moines. But uh, it was a pretty easy pick for me when I started reading about Ankeny schools. Uh, We knew through other people and research that obviously they had a great school system. And there was a lot of other great school systems. Uh, But it was a good commute for me back and forth. And we never have looked back on that choice. Uh, Our kids all got a great education. They were involved in different activities. And what I liked most about it, there were choices. You know, Mm -hmm. my middle son was not an athlete, but he loved debate and he loved music. And so... It didn't have to be that so-called athlete right. uh, school. It could be a school for all kinds of activities. And so uh, it, was a, it was a good choice, the right choice. And like I said, we're very happy with the, the district. We stay here because, uh, well, I, I have no reason to leave. I, uh, <laughs> uh, we enjoy it. Uh, I like being involved in the community. Uh, probably not as much here as I have been in the metro area. Right. Uh, but it's all good. Yeah. yeah so, um, as you indicated, the schools brought you here, and you know, I think we see that nationally, where f- families choose the communities that they live in based off of the schools that are in that community. And so, you, know, you, you talked a little bit about the options uh, that that you and your wife had, and the options your children had um, attending Ankeny schools. You know, what was it about? Um, the culture and climate within the school district that really was attractive to you? I think the the teachers themselves were, you know, I came from a small school system, Mm -hmm. and so I was nervous about it. I thought, my gosh, my kids are going to be in this big school district. (laughs) But uh, they started out at East Elementary, and, you know, classrooms are probably 25 to 27. Mm -hmm. It was the same uh, in the sense that, you know, it wasn't the big school. It was a small Each elementary had their own little school there, and 
uh, I don't know that it was just that they were very good teachers. Right. Uh, I don't remember having a bad teacher, but I had one boy who could create enough problems sometimes <laughs> that that I always it always made him frustrated because I always defended the the system and the teacher. Right. Uh, he didn't do anything bad, but he just kind of walked the fine line sometimes. But they were very good at communicating to the parents. Uh, I thought that the curriculum was good. Uh, I had no complaints. I just felt very comfortable sending my kids to that school each day. Um, it was just, you know, my kids, I think, enjoyed it. Uh, they've all been successful. They've yeah. all, they're have all they all employed. Isn't yeah. that the most important thing? Sometimes at the end of the day, they have jobs. Contributing to, to society. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. So um, if you can remember, how many, when you um, brought your family here, how many schools were in the district at that time? Boy, I should have looked that up. <laughs> um, I, you know, let's see. There was Southeast, Westwood. Um, Is that East? East Elementary, Westwood, Southeast Elementary. I don't think Northwest had been built. And then we had the one right on First Street. Why can't I think of it? Parkview? Uh, no, the uh, elementary there. Northwest. Yeah, Northwest. I think that was all of the elementaries. Wow, wow. But I could be wrong. It was 90, 89 when we moved here. So the historians of this community are probably going, nah. <laughs> He's off. Uh, but, yeah, Parkview was the middle school. We had the high school. Um, and then uh, I joined the, the school board in 92 or 93, and wow. Wow. So about four elementary schools possibly, the one middle school, the, right. the one high school. And so you've seen this city and this district grow exponentially since your your boys were in the district. And so – um, based off of you being in this community, participating in this community, you know what things have you seen grow and change uh, over the years, and what and what's the, stayed the same? Interesting thing is, I, I think about when we first moved here, the road that led we were on the east side uh, that led out to the Walmart in that area. There was a uh, a gravel road, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Gosh, I feel like my parents, you know, saying, well, I grew up on it, you know. <laughs> but it was just, and uh, so at that point, um, the, the, the school district was, I think, around 18,000, and I could be wrong. Um, it was. Uh, the city, was it 18,000? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm right. I remember right. Um, and then it just, it was just the growth was exciting as. And then yet frustrating because stoplights became a problem for me. I'm, I'm not patient sitting there, and I think I'm getting off track from the question. No, no, no. You're going. You're, you're, you're answering the way I want you to. But it was just a. It was. But it felt like a. It didn't feel like a big town because mm. really, it, in, from where you're from, you're thinking eighteen thousand. <laughs> That's no big deal, and it and it felt small. Yeah. Yet my kids had opportunities. They had good friends. Neighborhoods were safe, and I still believe they're safe today. Absolutely. I don't think that's changed. I think we have a great police force. Uh, you know, the, the, the amenities that are here are great. Mm -hmm. uh, access to schools. Um, you can you know, we all have neighborhood schools now. You don't have to go very far, or you can be bused. Uh, and that was something that I remember we worked on back in the day. So, you know, 
populations changed, you know, yes, is there more crime? Sure, there is more. There's more things as people become, as we cut larger community, you're right. going to have more of that. We didn't have a lot of diversity mm -hmm. uh, when I first came here. Uh, a basically white population. And I don't know how much different that really is today. I'm not familiar with the numbers. You would know more, Doc, as you see the, the numbers in the school district. So uh, I don't think that's changed enough, Yeah, probably. I don't think kids have enough diversity probably here. Doesn't make it bad for them. But I think we have to realize what the world is today and more of uh, other cultures, other interactions with different types of people that are not thinking the same is huge yeah. and valuable. Yeah. I mean. And so you, you talked a little bit about uh, neighborhoods being safe, which you know I, I, I truly believe they, they still are. Students being able to go to a neighborhood school, uh, the close-knitness of um, this community um, but yet still being, cons you know, I think we're the seventh, uh, I believe the, the seventh largest district in the state. And so um, with regards to what stayed the same, it, for me, it seems as though um, the community really wants to maintain um, that close relationship, you know, with their neighbor, with the district, with the city. You know, would, would you agree or, you know, what, what have you seen with regards to you know, how the people want to interact with one another and um, be, be neighbors with yeah. one another here? Well, one obviously to me is they still demand excellence mm. from their school system. Um, it, that has never changed, and, and that's a great expectation that they should expect that and want that for their kids. Um, what I see as different is, you know, you know I think that, you know, the neighborhoods are still like that, but I, I worry about how people view authority today. Mm. Um, I'm not very supportive of some of the interactions people have had with boards, mm -hmm. school boards, city councils. We had some controversial issues. I remember when we, and I thought this was such a good idea, year-round school. <laughs> Why can't we be for that, utilizing all our schools? Well, we filled the place that one night with all the people that didn't like it, mm -hmm. but they were so nice about it. Right. We had an interaction. I found out real quick that was not going to fly. Mm -hmm. And I understood that. But it wasn't a mean, vicious. And that's what I think has changed. Not everybody's like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you can't group them all together. But there seems to be people that are, they see a different way of approaching uh, problems. Mm -hmm. as, and this is a common problem, as we see throughout the country, that bothers me a lot as I've gotten older. Um, I think there's better ways to communicate like that. Um, but it's just a different world today and how people view. I mean, they're all work, they all have their, the school's best interest in mind. It's the approach yeah. that we're using. Um, and so as a, uh, a veteran uh, school board member, a long-term uh, resident uh, of the city, you know, so what advice would you give uh, to our community with regards to, you know, we, you know we're demanding excellence out of our, our school system, um, out of our city officials, know what is it that we can do to um, maintain that excellence uh, maintain um, that civility with regards to getting our points across but still um, understanding that we always want to agree but we're going to be doing the best thing for our kids within the school district but then also for the city you know when we look at city government so you know what advice would you give us you know I had an opportunity to be on the strategic planning committee yes and um, 
that's what I saw as uh, how to interact. We we did not all disagree on everything or agree on everything. Right. But nobody got upset and called somebody out. It was it was a I mean we had two high school kids there. We had thirty some I think maybe administrators or community people and administrators and teachers and people from different walks of life and who all we weren't all on the same page but we got to the same page mm-hmm. through interaction uh listening to each other it's not that difficult mm-hmm. uh but we better start teaching our kids civility and show civility to them or we'll have a society that thinks that's the only way you can interact mm-hmm. and i don't want to throw a big net over this is what everybody's thinking there are too many people that don't want that to happen. It's a small minority, but the problem we'll have long-term is will we get good qualified people to run for office? Because if they see that kind of activity, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to run. We're not going to have the best and the brightest to be on school boards and city councils, but we need those people today because it's not a simple job. Things have changed. It's a fast-growing school district. There's challenges out there. And it takes leadership, and you're going to have to, first of all, make sure you select the right superintendent. Absolutely. And be conscious when you go to the polls to elect people who understand their role as a school board member. I, you always have to remember you're not, you're not running day-to-day. You understand you have to have the vision. And that's what a strategic plan was about. Mm-hmm. Let's create a vision for the school district, and let's have goals that we can all follow, and then let's let it happen. We've had the interaction. We've let the community have a say. And now trust your uh, officials to get that done. I'm kind of long-winded there. No, no. Really (laughs) strong on that. I just, I worry about that part. What what, what I really appreciated about the the process with the the core team that developed the strategic plan uh, template uh, for our action teams is that even though uh, with with so many people in in that room in September, um, with um, differing um, ideas um, about how we make our district um, better. We attacked everyone's ideas. You know, we didn't we didn't attack the person. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really appreciated about that process and really getting to know you. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time. Well, I think it was the second time you and I um, met, and uh, you know, you agreed to be part of that team. But I really appreciated the conversations and. Um, hearing the differing opinions that people had about um, how we support our, our our students, teachers, and principals um, in our district to maintain this level of excellence, ex- excellence that um, has gone on for so long in, in, in our district. And so uh, we, we've talked about growth, and you've been here for a while. Um, can you tell our listeners about some of those growth spurts that you've witnessed um, and the impact they've had on uh, the city and um, and our district. You talked about a gravel road by Walmart. So I don't know if that was Delaware or, or it was Delaware. Yeah, that was Delaware a gravel road. So no, what are some of those growth spurts that you've seen? So that means that means Walmart has been here for a really long time. Oh, <laughs> and so you know, what are the uh, growth spurts have you witnessed that you know have been interesting? You know that you didn't anticipate. Um, that but you know, you've really enjoyed you know seeing some of the, the those growth those growth spurts in uh, the city. You know, it's funny, being on the school board, it, it just never ended. You know, there's not such a thing as a growth spurt. It's a consistent growth year after year. You know, I can remember when, you know, I think the graduating classes were probably 300, 
through 50, somewhere in there. I don't know. What was the last one last year, Dr. Pruitt? I think it was close to. If you uh, had it, let's say we added both schools together, what would have been the graduating? I think around um, 1,000. 1,000, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, that's just an example of, but we were, it seemed like we were always in the mode to have to build a school. Yeah. We, and Ben Norman was the superintendent most of the time when I was on the board, and he, he was a great superintendent, had Boy, good vision. He, he had a great, great relationship with relationship because you had to have the two working together because right. you had to worry about streets and uh, connectivity to the sewer system, to where schools were going to be. And that relationship was so critical in the growth, I believe, of this community, was the city and school working together. We had a committee of city and school mm -hmm. that, that talked regularly as to what was going on. So I don't see any spurts. I see consistent growth. I, I'm on a bank board now, and when I talk to the, the, the board as whole, um, I talk about, I, I think they dig a new basement every day this spring. <laughs> I, I live west of John Deere. Right. In the uh, south of the John Deere plant out there, I, I swear there's a new basement going up every day. And so what people, I hope, understand is how difficult that makes it for your school and city to keep up. The school, you know, it's, not ex it's expensive to try to buy land. You have to think several years out. With this kind of growth, what are you going to need? And, of course, we hired a demographer back in, I think it was out of Kansas City back in the day. Right. Great help yeah. because they projected some of that, where that growth would be, so that we were trying to stay ahead where to put the next school. Yeah. And that hasn't changed. I don't see it changing. Um, so, yeah, more streets, more paved roads, more businesses, more traffic lights, more congestion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I liked it when I grew up where there was no stoplights and I could <laughs> – I could ride you a just bike. Speed from, through, I huh? could speed through anywhere, in a, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. And so, you know, one of the things that you talked about was the relationship between uh, the city and uh, the school district. And, uh, um, when I first came on board, that was one of the things I heard loud and clear that um, I needed to ensure that there was a, a solid relationship between um, our school district and city government. And I'm I'm really proud to say that. Um, you know, our, our, our city manager and myself meet monthly. Um, uh, um, we have scheduled um, meetings with my team. Um, our school board has been active with regards to um, meeting with the mayor and, and his team and, 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 and members of the council. And so I think that we're really moving in the right direction with regards to that model that um, the, the Dr. Norman uh, set up with regards to building really solid uh, relationships um, that inform um, uh, decisions that are going to be made uh, in, in the future. And so I actually had an opportunity to talk with Dr. Norman back in August. Uh, he was a, a wealth oh, of yeah. information yeah. <laughs> um, that I think has yielded really um, good benefits uh, for me um, when trying to uh, understand Ankeny, the city, and Ankeny, the school district. And so, um, in, in the intro, in the in the bio that I that I read, um, you were a teacher. What subject did you teach? I uh, right out of college, uh, I went to moved to Charles City. I taught business education, and it's uh, uh, but it was distributive education where kids went to school a half a day, and we placed them on the job. Okay, and uh, what a the program was. It's funny. First of all, when I started teaching, I always wore a, a tie mm -hmm. because. They would have, most kids didn't know the difference between my, I was 21 the day I started teaching. 
Right. So, you know, you had to kind of look different, or otherwise they thought you were a kid. But we had, there was a group of kids at, at, at each, at our school at that time that they were not any interest in going to college. In mm -hmm. fact, finishing high school uh, was all they cared about, and they just wanted to go to work. So I saw the value very early in my career of career education, mm -hmm. of, of there's more than a four-year degree. And, of course, being on the community college board at DMAC and, and following my years at the high school, I, I felt so strongly about uh, vocational education and different uh, opportunities for kids and not, you know, but in Ankeny, let's face it, most parents, uh, and I know it's changed, but at right. that time they believed all their children should go to a four-year school. Yeah. You know, it was just a it was just a mindset, which is a good mindset. Absolutely. They wanted them to further their education. And I think it's being better uh, acceptable now for them to say, hey, it's okay to go to two-year school because there's plenty of good jobs. So I started out in business ed, and I saw the value of mm -hmm. uh, vocational education. I see it today working at DMAC, and I know we have a great relationship with the school. Absolutely. Uh, so – yeah, that was my seven years. Of, I made my first million teaching, <laughs> and then I said, "Well, I, you know, I'm rich now. I can just right. go on and do something else." <laughs> and so, you know, you you talk about career exploration and skill trades, and I think in education we're we're really cyclical, right? And so, there, I think nationally, um, we we go in these cycles of focusing a lot on four-year degrees and then we go to um, careers and then you know we've never hit some somewhere in the middle and I think that based on our experience with that core team and our strategic planning process I think we've landed on um, a, a way of approaching education for, for the future of our district where uh, we want to ensure that every student of ours has uh, a concrete post-secondary plan by the time they graduate meaning um, if that family and that child wants to go to a four-year institution, we're going to do everything we can to set them up for success to pursue that. But then, as you've said, you know, some some of our kids um, may want to go to DMAC uh, to take advantage of some of those courses and opportunities um, that DMAC offers. Or students that may uh, want to go into the military or go go straight into the uh, into a career. And so um, I'm really looking forward to that partnership with DMAC that you've referenced. And so as you think about education, um, I, I'm sure that from the time you taught up until now, you've seen many changes in education. And so when you think about the future for uh, our district, you know, you know, what changes you know, do you anticipate as far as what education might look like for our students or should look like for our students as we, as we try to prepare them to be productive citizens um, in Ankeny, in Iowa, and, you know, uh, around the world? Well, I think based on what I saw and read and was a part of the strategic plan was the idea of what that, when and whenever it's ready, a third high school. Mm -hmm. What would that high school look like? And I think there was conversation about, you know, I don't know if I'll use the right term, career high school, and maybe that's, I don't want to mislead people here, and you probably need to clean it up for right. me. Right. It's, it, it might be a school where kids go for different types of uh, training as opposed to a regular. Uh, and I should stop there and not start <laughs> saying more than I really know. But I think we're looking at different delivery models. Right. Maybe that's a better way to say it than uh, and 
please help me absolutely with that because i don't want people to say oh my god what are they <laughs> hey i was involved i was the president of the school board we went to two high schools right so believe me um not everybody thought i was very smart back then and didn't always think it was the best idea along with a few others but i think they'll tell you today as i always believed back then more opportunities for kids and they've had more opportunities we have two schools very successful schools whether it's in music debate athletics so it's made sense the two high schools the third high school Dr. Norman, I'm going to, or Dr. Norman, Dr. Prude, I'm going to turn it back to you. Right. You help me understand what delivery model we talked about as a third high school. Right. And so the, what's interesting is it's not really a third high school that we are interested in. It's uh, we have this class that our high school students are taking in Orbis. Orbis, right. And so the question that I've been putting out there in the community is you know what does Orbis look like three, five, ten years from now? Does it do, do we continue Orbis as a class, or do we see Orbis as a potential school where we bring in CTE um, to that school, where we um, in, improve um, our partnerships um, and collaboration uh, with business with industry? Um, providing internships, providing job shadowing, uh, apprenticeships uh, for these students. And so for those, uh, are, for those listeners that aren't familiar with Orbis, um, Orbis is, uh, uh, has a project-based learning model where um, uh, unlike a traditional um, education where um, students are handed a book, um, have to read, get quiz, take tests, Orbis uh, takes um, re real world, world problems and gives them to our students with our business partners. And our kids then have to collaborate and work on finding solutions for these problems that they've been presented um, by our industry partners um, um, that, have, that, that have been working with them. And so that's really what the, the vision is, especially you know, when we look to, you know, once we have an approved strategic plan and we begin um, surveying our parents around, you know, you know, what is their, you know, what is their interest in um, project-based learning model for uh, their students? Um, and, and this, what's unique about, I believe, Orbis is it is connected to all types of learners, our, our gifted students, our students that aren't doing as well, um, our students in the middle, um, it provides them an opportunity to not only learn from no, learn from one another, but we're really building off models that we're seeing out in the business world where we're seeing adults having to work um, in teams, collaborate, solve real world problems, and come up with a, um, a, a multitude of solutions. Um, I, this idea of you know soft skills that our kids need to develop, I think that uh, the students that have experienced Orbis um, in our district are developing those soft skills that we're hearing our business business partners say that they're looking for um, in students that graduate from um, from from our system. And so um, that's you know w what I see uh, with regards what I envision with regards to uh, what does Orbis look like. Um, moving into the future. And so since you asked me about a future question, I'm going to put it back on you. And so based off the lessons that you've learned from being a teacher, 
um, from being on the school board? Um, you know, what can we learn from our past to help us plan and work um, towards our future here in Ankeny? First of all, thanks for cleaning up my mess. Um, I, uh, I did a really poor job <laughs> explaining what that, and thank you for doing that. And, uh, but first of all, what you just said is what I believe you're on the right track. I hope people are listening to what you just said because being in the business world, what I found is, yes, there's so much more collaboration, and people don't always come with the good skill sets to work together. I mean, let's look at our world. I mean, just working together is difficult. It's solving problems. And so any of those soft skills, to me, what we miss and what I think you're saying, and I know school, the, the challenge we have, we want schools to solve every problem. Mm. You know, uh, I always said to, to myself, I said, you know, parents, if, if you stay involved with your kids, there's a lot of that that can happen at home that we don't have to put it all on the school. Mm -hmm. But that's not a that's just different today. It's just not going to be like that. So. Um, so I think you're on the right track, you, the school board, as a general. What we talked about in the strategic plan, and when you talked about, I called it the third high school, which is obviously not <laughs> terminology to use, but Orbis, uh, the concept that, the, that I learned about and that I, I knew about but didn't know enough about, uh, really is right on. Well, that goes back to when I started teaching. We were teaching concepts for kids to go out and work in the business world. One part of the course I taught was human relations, how mm. to work together with people, those type of soft skills, uh, along with what it, what it means. This is something that just drove my kids nuts is tardiness. I couldn't stand for being tardy and being absent from whether it's work or school. It's and it, what we found, and, and I hear for so many business people, getting people just to show up to work today <laughs> is a problem. That's just and hard to imagine. Yeah, and I just I, I, it just seems so strange to me. So... We can't expect the schools to solve it all, but there are skill sets, and Orbis is one example of it, that a model like that going forward. But it's there's just so many opportunities today for things besides a four-year degree. Most of them are going to take some post-secondary, but a communication or a working relationship with DMAC, as we have already done, is critical in the future because that sharing of resources, sharing of talent, uh, I think we can reach that common goal we have moving ahead, what that school, what that system would look like. And I'm glad you mentioned DMAC because um, uh, Pres President Denson and I just recently met in, in talking about what does this future look like for you know, whatever um, system we put, put together to serve our families. And so uh, we, 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 we were talking about um, our, our governor's Future, uh, future Ready Iowa and how that can inform our practice around building programs uh, to support the needs of not only the state of Iowa, but then also the city of Ankeny. And so if we you know, use those resources from Future Ready Iowa, as far as the, the, the governor is identifying um, the, 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 the jobs that are gonna be needed you know, five, 10 years into the future, how can we build a system within um, our, our school district that allows us to be flexible, um, to build curriculum, to, to build opportunities for, for our kids that meets the, 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 the needs of our community by providing these programs and services to our kids to pursue uh, the skilled trades, to, pr to pursue 
um, opportunities in our four-year institutions or more and also important to our partnership with DMAC. DMAC offers a, a wide variety of resources and opportunities for our kids to pursue getting an associates before they graduate from high school, um, going to one of the career academies, um, identifying um, a skill trade that you might be interested in, and, and pointing, pointing our kids in the right direction. I'm, I'm, I'm especially excited um, because um, with, through our partnership with DMAC, um, we have hired our CCTC um, um, our, that will help um, be a bridge between um, our school district and DMAC with ensuring that our, our kids um, are identifying the opportunities not only at DMAC, but then also within the state of Iowa. Um, our, our school board also approved a, a post-secondary specialist. Again, our idea is ensuring that all of our kids have a, that concrete post-secondary plan. And so I, the, 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 the future partnership with DMAC, I believe, is really bright because whatever Orbis looks like in the future, um, DMAC um, has to be a part of that partnership. And then our business community um, and industry within Ankeny, I think, are you know vital stakeholders with regards to how we identify um, the services that we're providing um, all of our students to pursue uh, their dreams um, and goals that they establish um, for themselves. And so, um, and you know, the beauty of the community college is their ability, their soul, their ability to move quickly, mm. whether it's another new program or changing things up. It, the flexibility, I think, is really great. Um, but we can't forget working with our regents, yep. nor should we. And we're very fortunate. You know, Iowa State is very close. You and I, Iowa, it's all of those. Are, I just, I just think that. Uh, and, but I don't know exactly what's going on in the regent universities in right. terms of working in that arena. And that's another, another title or another topic. But what we do know is we're so fortunate to have the community college and the, the many programs they have and the ability to change yeah. up. And to work with high schools across this Polk County, and yeah, the, the the great thing about being new to this Ankeny team is that I see nothing but opportunity for the adults that choose to be a part of the Ankeny School District, and for the families that bring their students to the city and enroll them in our school district. There, there are an abundance of opportunities for us to explore. But there are also um, current opportunities for our students to take advantage of academically, athletically, in the fine arts. Um, this, is, this is the place to be, I believe, um, in the metro. And I think that we're moving in the right direction. And so um, my last question uh, for you, Denny, is you know, what's your favorite thing to do in, in Ankeny? Wow. <laughs> um, I, I'm having a, a little problem adjusting to retirement um i'm used have to, you really retired though well no not really but <laughs> i i have to be doing something all the time i don't sit still very well um i enjoy being on the boards i'm on mm. uh i don't want a full-time job but i'm looking for something to do not necessarily to make money don't say that too loud you know but just and i i don't want any more boards to be on but <laughs> there's got to be a role somewhere but you know i i enjoy our grandkids they live in bondurant mm -hmm. so my wife is been watching a couple of the youngsters so I go out and help them she stays all day a couple hours I'm tired ready to go somewhere else but <laughs> no I, I I enjoy living here we've got a lake home we go to but uh, I, I don't know what it is there's some you know somebody says there's always, you always got to have a purpose and yeah. I think I'm looking for that purpose 
Uh, if anybody out there, no, don't start calling. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I do enjoy volunteer work. I okay. worked in an organization that worked with volunteers. I believe in volunteerism. Uh, I appreciate anybody that takes the time to be on a board, school board, city council. Uh, I think people need to look at those opportunities. I, I gain so much, mm -hmm. much more than I gave, I gain from being on the school board mm -hmm. and uh, working with educators who here in Ankeny were, it was just tremendous. I have a lot of them are still good friends of mine. And so I believe in this system here. I know it's under great leadership. Uh, I hope they're smart enough to follow you, Dr. Pruitt, because mm -hmm. my experience with you is that uh, uh, you've got a great amount of experience before you came here. I know you know where you want to go. I just hope we can get everybody on the same page and, and moving in the right direction. And uh, the strategic plan starts all that. Yeah. That'll be critical when the board meets on the 16th to get that approved. And then to get buy-in from the, the school, different, uh, not the school, but the community and the teachers and administrators that to, to follow the lead because uh, it'll be a better system and uh, we'll all be happy at the end of the day. No, absolutely. Um, if, 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 if you know anything about me, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen, um, take feedback, and um, I, I, I want us to be able to move the district in the right direction with everyone on, with, with everyone on board. Um, they may not always agree with uh, decisions that are made, but uh, hopefully everyone that interacts with me understands that the decisions um, and recommendations that I do make are in the best interest of students, I believe. And so, Denny, thank you for joining me today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining uh, us for this episode of We Are Ankeny. We Are Ankeny. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools.